Welcome to Parse, the official podcast of the Elaheo Midyar Mir Jalali Institute of Iranian Studies at the University of Toronto. In Persian, Parse means strolling or wandering around as an observer of contemporary life and modernity. In a similar spirit, our podcast Parse aims to take our listeners on an intellectual stroll in the field of Iranian studies, where they can listen to different ideas from leading thinkers, academics, activists, and authors in the discipline. Our podcast will provide thought-provoking excerpts from lectures and seminars organized by the Iranian Studies Institute at U of T to make the extensive work we do with our partners more accessible to academics and non-academics alike across Canada and beyond. The 48th episode of Parze is an excerpt by a lecture given by Ladan Nushin. In this presentation, Nushin will draw on current research on the sounds of Tehran to explore disentanglement and in particular, the nature of historical soundscapes with their layered sonic archaeology. In this presentation, she will answer the following questions. Where do such a sounds go and might it be possible to discover their reverberations today? How do we understand sounds materiality as it enters spaces, bodies, buildings, impacting, shaping and changing them? And what does it mean to listen to historical spaces where people have experienced violence and trauma due to war and other acts of aggression? Laudan Nushin is a professor of music at City University of London. Her research interests include urban sound studies, music and sound in Iranian cinema, music and youth culture in Iran, and creative processes in the Iranian classical music. She is currently working on a Leverhulme-funded project on the sounds of Tehran. Laudan is a co-editor of the Cambridge University Press series Elements in Music and the City a vice president of the Royal Musical Association and co-chair of the Equality, Diversity and Inclusion in Music Studies Network. So this project is about sonic resonances in the city of Tehran, their entanglement across time and space and the reverberations that continue into the present day. It's about the intense materiality of sound that leaves its impression on spaces, bodies and memories, at the same time appearing immaterial and intangible. It explores the centrality of sound to Tehran and the lives of its people and seeks to resound those who have been unheard or silenced. And I'd like to start from silence and a very personal vignette. I'm sitting on the floor, sifting through a pile of old family photographs, including some from the early 20th century. They are mainly studio photos of family and friends. One in particular catches my attention. So if I could have the next slide, please. A group of men, three standing and three sitting, one holding a cane. Some gaze at the camera, others look off to the side as they pose in front of a screen in anticipation of the photographic moment. There is clearly a level of intimacy between these men, as one stands with his hand on another's shoulder, who in turn rests his hand on that of the man in front. They are in Rajar suits and hats, except for the one in the centre of the front row, who wears an abba and turban. He is in fact a Rosa Khan, a clerical pe- preacher, prayer leader and chanter of religious, religious stories, and his black turban indicates his status as a Sayyid. The man's name is Mohammad Bagher Sultan al-Sakarin, and he's my great-grandfather. Those around him are his brothers and brothers-in-law, 
and they are in a studio in Tehran. The photograph was taken around 1904, shortly before he and his wife both died of cholera, leaving behind three sons aged under five, including my grandfather. Sultan al-Zakarim looks out of the photograph at me, solemnly and silently from a distance of 120 years. I try to imagine the sounds of his life, including both everyday domestic sounds and of his work as a religious sound maker. Whilst we have photographs of Tehran from the mid 19th century and numerous accounts of travelers from within Iran and elsewhere, as well as later silent films, there are few sound recordings of the city before the mid 20th century. And so I asked myself what Tehran might have sounded like to Sultan al-Zakarin. How I wish that the photograph would come alive so that we might hear the sounds of the studio, the men talking and laughing, the photographer directing them how to stand and where to look, the tap of the cane on the floor, the sound of the camera. I decided to start my talk with this photograph because more than any of my earlier projects, this one has prompted me to think about the role of imagination in our research, particularly when dealing with aspects of history that may not be recorded in archives, and to explore sonic imaginaries of the past, which is what I'll mainly be talking about today. It has also turned into the most personal and auto-ethnographic of my projects. It probably isn't necessary for this audience to introduce the city of Tehran, but I didn't want to presume so. Iran's largest and capital city is a vibrant metropolis of more than 8 million people, cradled in the foothills of the Albuquerque Mountains and the country's political centre for over 200 years. During this time, Tehran has experienced exponential growth from a walled town of around, of around 60,000 to one of the largest cities in the region. The period of Pahlavi rule from 1925 to 79 saw an extensive programme of urban renewal and expansion, including the destruction of historic buildings regarded as symbolising the regressive traditionalism of the preceding uh, monarchs, the Rajas, who had made Tehran their capital in 1796. Reza Shah Pahlavi envisioned a capital city fit for a nation that was modern, Western-facing and secular. From the 1920s, the dominant discourses promoted the idea of modernity as incompatible with traditional lifeways, and many aspects of the latter, including religion, were denigrated. The resulting tensions, which erupted, as we know, in the 1979 revolution, can still be felt, seen, and crucially heard in many areas of contemporary Iranian life. So my project, Sonic Tehran, and we, we can have the next slide, uh, Bilal, please, thank you. Sonic Tehran lies at the intersection of ethnomusicology, sound studies and urban studies and explores the city through the lens of sound and, and a multi-sensory multi approach more broadly. Through oral testimonies, interviews and conversations, as well as sonic diaries, sound walks and sound maps, the project seeks to understand how the urban environment is remembered and imagined sonically and to curate and weave together stories about sound in the city. I'm particularly interested in the relationship between sound, memory and affect drawing on Stephen Feld's idea of acoustomology, uh, in other words, knowing the world through sound. But the project is also about the silences, the unsounded sounds, and those that remain unheard due to prohibition, enforced enforce silencing or erasure from the public ear. This has obvious gender dimensions, uh, but also relates to marginalized groups more generally. And then there are the sounded histories of revolution, war, and protest, that continue to reverberate in the present. 
I draw on Amanda Black and Andrea Bowman's concept of auditory scars as a way of thinking about the painful sounds of a nation's past that continue to resonate in the present. What are the auditory scars of Tehran, the sonic erasures, the traces that linger, carried within us from generation to generation, long after the acoustic echoes have faded? Sonic Tehran engages directly with the entanglement of sound and power and asks who controls the sonic environment, which sounds, which sounds dominate public space, who has the power to be heard, and what are the sonic resistances? So I'll just say a few words about methodological challenges. Although I've been interested in the sounds of Tehran for more than two decades now and have, and have gathered much data during this time, it wasn't until the summer of 2020 that I was able to start serious work on it, partly through a long overdue sabbatical and a research fellowship from the Leverhulme Trust in the UK. Unfortunately, this coincided both with COVID and with travel issues to Iran. The plan had been to go to Tehran to conduct interviews and make recordings as I'd done previously, but since travel wasn't possible and with much uncertainty about when it would be, and with the funding clock ticking, I had to rethink the project. This had various implications. For a start, working remotely meant that the project became much more collaborative than planned, including the fortuitous um, but quite unintentional formation of an online network, uh, which still exists. Exceptionally, due to COVID, I was allowed by the Leverhulme Trust to convert travel funds to pay for research assistance in Iran. Among other things, the network has led to joint publications, monthly meetings, podcasts, a soundwalk team, and also being able to connect members in Iran to international academic fora from which they are so often marginalized. Um, and it goes without saying that the normalization of, the on, of online meeting platforms since 2020 has played a central role in this. So due to these particular circumstances that I've described, the project uh, took on a much stronger historical dimension than originally planned including, for instance, a focus on the sounds of Tehran during World War II and during the 1980s Iran-Iraq war, which I refer to in the abstract for this talk and which I've conducted a lot of interviews about, um, but I won't be talking about specifically today. And through this, I've become particularly interested in the palimpsestic nature of historical sound spaces with their sonic archaeologies. In other words, the layers of sound that accrue over time. Um, and just to mention two historic sound spaces that I'm looking at. Uh, firstly, uh, next slide, please, Bilal, thank you. Firstly, and I'm, I'll come back to this case study, but just give you an idea of two of these um, historic sound spaces. Firstly, the Basque Museum and Gardens, built in 1807 as a royal summer palace that later fell into ruin and was rebuilt in the 1920s as Iran's first modern prison, uh, prison and which is now a museum. Um, as I say, I'll come back to Gaster in a moment. Another space that I've been looking at, um, next slide please, is the former red light district known as Gal'er, which was burned down during the uh, 1979 revolution and the area transformed into a peaceful public park, uh, Park Irazi, that today belies its dark history. So uh, two of my project research assistants have conducted sound walks there, reflecting on, uh, in the park, reflecting on and imagining its historic sonic footprints. So the book I'm currently writing comprises a series of these case studies, um, and for the rest of this talk I'd like to introduce and discuss two of these, focusing in particular on how sonic imaginaries of the urban past are performed in the present day. So first of all, uh, the Saigare historical sound walk, and secondly, the Gas Museum and Gardens, which uh, I'll come back to. So first, Saigare, and if we could have the next slide, please. Uh, 
So that, uh, that's the Instagram page. Sayore is an app-based and cartographic sound walk that narrates the story and reimagines the sounds of a particular area of central Tehran from the late 19th to mid 20th century, uh, focused around a series of events and personalities. So Sayor means traveler or wanderer in Persian, and the project was initiated by the Tehran-based noir theater group led by actor, writer, and filmmaker Minoy Bozogmer and actor and director Hodi Kamali Mogadam. And uh, the next slide shows a, a picture of Mina. Mina initially trained as an architect and between 2000 and 2002, she studied theater in Paris before returning to Iran in 2007. She had met Hadi in 2006 and together they created the Noir Theater Group. Prior to COVID, their work focused uh, on street theater and participatory performance, often in unusual spaces. Mina and Hadi have interests in the interactions between people, cities, space and mobilities and had been talking about a historically situated project for several years, but a number of circumstances and creative imperatives came together to make the project possible, including, first of all, the need to find alternative ways of working during COVID. Secondly, their previous work in immersive and site-specific theatre performance. Third, the widespread use of smartphone technology in Iran since the mid-2010s. And, uh, and also the space and time afforded by the pandemic due to the cancellation of their usual theatre work. And finally, the particular permit regime in Iran by which all live performances require permission from the Ministry of Culture and Islamic Guidance. Using app-based technology enabled Mina and Hodi to, start, to sidestep this, not least because Sayyore occupies a liminal and ambiguous space between public and private domains, as I'll describe in a moment. So Mina and Hodi worked with a team to create a one hour audio file based on historical records, at times quoting directly from original documents such as letters and diaries and narrated by actors from the perspective of people living at the time. The audio file can be listened to and downloaded from the, uh, via the Sayora app um, whilst following the walking route through the streets where the historic events took place. So it's GPS activated, so you have to be physically in the site to be able to use a sound file and listen to it. I'll, I'll show you the route in a moment. For each stage of the walk, the accompanying website hosts the wealth of, wealth of information uh, about the area and the individuals whose stories form the narrative of the walk, included Im including images, sound files and videos. So I'll just say that Sayare is part of a wider trend, a growing and somewhat nostalgia-laden interest in old Tehran, Tehran Qadim, referring mainly to the Bajar and early Pahlavi periods, um, i.e. mainly up to the 1950s, but sometimes later. The rupture with the past caused by the 1979 revolution means that many younger Tehranis are, are keen to find out about a city that they have only experienced through memories of memories. This can be seen in a growing number of museums on different aspects of the city, websites and oral history projects, podcasts about Tehran and its history, um, and popular historical drama series set in old Tehran, some of them shot in a dedicated film set town, the Ghazali cinema town on the outskirts of Tehran, which has also become a tourist destination. Thank you for listening to this episode of Parse. Your support is invaluable to us. To like, share, or listen to our latest episodes, please head to our pages on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. To watch the complete seminars, please head to the Elaheo Midyar Mirjalali Institute 
for Iranian Studies website and YouTube page, which are linked in the description. See you again on our next episode.